You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today I have special guest Nigel O'Quinn joining me. Nigel is the CEO and founder of Higher Health's, a beef organ supplement brand. While Nigel was studying kinesiology and majoring in health and fitness, he experienced a severe downturn in his health and well-being despite doing everything he thought was right. He began investigating health from many different aspects and came to the realization that the foods we consume today, which are not what we have historically eaten, was one of the biggest causes to many of the issues we now face. The moment he began to start consuming the foods that seem to have been lost in our society, such as organ meats and pasture-raised animals, he began to feel better. Now his family eats all the essentials of a nose-to-tail diet and enjoy the unlimited health benefits that healthy grass-fed animals provide. This episode was so much fun recording. Nigel is a wealth of information. We talk all about the benefits of consuming organ meats, the difference between conventionally raised animals and pasture-raised animals, how regenerative farming is actually good for the environment, and so much more. I'm also happy to share that this episode is sponsored by Higher Health, a beef organ supplement brand that offers high-quality beef organs with no fillers, additives, or flow agents. Beef liver is one of nature's most nutrient-dense foods, giving you essential vitamins such as A, D, E, K, zinc, B vitamins, and so much more. It is a whole food supplement that is safe for the whole family to take and an excellent way to consume organ meat if you don't like the taste. For the month of November, you can receive 10% off your order of regular priced items when you use the discount code WHATTHEHEALTH10, that's W-H-A-T-T-H-E-H-E-A-L-T-H-10 in all caps at the checkout. Okay, everyone, let's get into today's episode with Nigel O'Quinn. Welcome to the show, Nigel. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Thanks, Lena. Yeah, it's always so nice to support local businesses. Um, But before we get into your business, I would like to hear, and I'm sure the listeners would like to hear about your background and how you got into this whole realm of health, but also you have a fitness background too. So I'd love to hear how you got into health and fitness um, and your trajectory and how you led it to where you are today. Yeah, let's jump right in. Uh, So it it goes back quite early. Uh, I was 13, 14, and uh, my father... uh, got me mixed up with another guy. I used to do Taekwondo as a kid. So into athlete, athletic things. So Taekwondo hockey, and they introduced me to the gym and we lived fairly close by. And so I was, I was there, uh, quite frequently. And then the gym owner had asked me, Hey kid, do you want a job? And I thought, wow, that would be the coolest thing. I'm, I'm, I live pretty close by. So I got into it and I started reading, uh, you know, books, uh, that were just kind of kicking around and I was always interested in 
kind of optimizing the body. How does it work? It, it was really fascinating to think about, well, what makes us run? What make, what fuels our bodies? So I wanted to know more about that being into athletics myself and uh, yeah, wanting to optimize my own body. So I get into that reading and uh, you know, looking back on it now, I couldn't have been more off course because a lot of those those magazines that would have been in gyms and whatnot, especially yes. in the, you know, the early 2000s would have been uh, very supplement heavy driven, uh, you know, things that I used to do, I remember was like a heavy carb loading uh, things, that, you know, so just very sugar dense, I guess, meals that were kind of going on. But when you're young, you can go through pretty much anything uh, sometimes, and you're much better off than an adult trying to go through that same thing. So, you know, it started off really young and, and then when it was time to go to college, uh, it was health and fitness and nutrition that just kind of led the way. So I ended up getting into kinesiology with a health and fitness kind of major, and then still taking nutritional courses on the side of that. So, um, yeah, it was always there. And, and that's where it really kind of switched on for me because, I ended up having the worst diet that I've ever had. And I th think it was catching up at that point in time, you know, like chronic illness, disease, it doesn't just set in, you know, immediately like smoking, you can smoke for years and years. And then all of a sudden those symptoms and issues can arise. So that was kind of maybe what was going on, but it was already, my body was starting to communicate with me, letting me know that, you know, this isn't, something's off here a little bit, but now I had pride behind me. I had ego behind me as a young, you know, early twenties male. Well, no, I've, I've taken the courses. I know, I know this stuff. This is my business. You know, I, I know all about it. So I'm on the right course and I'm ready to be the expert and teach people. I was the expert on Canada's food guide is what I was. Right. Uh, I just didn't quite fully know it or understand it yet. Uh, I ended up with all sorts of gastrointestinal issues, a lot of discomfort, um, energy issues, just kind of feeling drained. I needed pick-me-ups uh, to, to kind of really get through the day. So all, all sorts of things just started happening and, I, you know, health kind of went, started to go sideways on me, but I still had pride and I still had ego. So I wasn't wrong yet, right? I was still in the right. So you know, it, it, it became, uh, to this point where it drove me to look outside of my university college kind of textbooks into other health and nutrition experts. And that's when it started to really kind of kick in. And one of the first books that I picked up, thankfully was a book, uh, called deep nutrition by Dr. Kate Shanahan, uh, Deep Nutrition, if any, no, if you haven't read it, it's, it's pretty much a, a must read in my opinion. And what it is, is just kind of getting you back to reconnecting with how your ancestors ate. So our ancestors never had any of the issues that we're seeing today that all started to multiply essentially after the, you know, 1900s, the early 1900s started to come about. Now we've got uh, chronic illness that's through the roof that our ancestors before the 1900s never knew about. There was no heart disease, all the cancers that we're seeing, all the chronic disease, diabetes, pre-diabetes, uh, eczema, uh, you name it. It's just illness after illness that we now have to deal with 
didn't exist. So that book kind of got me reconnected and thinking about real food again. Well, mm. what is real food? And unfortunately, our grocery stores, um, you know, it should be all, it should all be health food in there, right? But it's maybe 0.1% of the foods that are in grocery stores could be called health foods. Uh, we were way off course, he health is tanking and not a whole lot of people are discussing what that root cause is. And so, you know, to kind of get back on track where, where I was coming from, that book kind of got me reconnected with real food. And so as soon as I made that switch, Lena, I, I felt that difference. Mm. My gastrointestinal issues slowly started to go away. Energy issues went away immediately. I was starting to sleep better, move better all around skin got better, all those kind of things. I was eating meat off the bone. I had organ meats back into my life because I now understood uh, what real food was. Mm -hmm. And so I was starting to make my own bone broths, those kind of things, gut healing things uh, got put back into my life. And the foods that I thought were really healthy, I started to narrow down. And in, in some cases, I needed to cut out. And when I did, I had a complete turn on how I felt and my, my overall health. Uh, it was shortly after that, that I ended up uh, wanting to kind of really narrow in on a practice of nutrition. And that's when I came across uh, functional diagnostic nutrition. I wanted to know essentially what was going on under the hood with health. It wasn't just blanket you know, one size fits all nutrition programs for everybody. This is, this food's going to work for you, you know, and uh, that's it. So I wanted to know what was kind of going on and being a functional diagnostic nutritionist, you kind of, you, you ran testing, you wanted to see hormone panels and understand what was happening behind the scenes, so to speak. So, but ultimately it was a lot of the, it, it, in all cases, it was getting back to real foods that mm -hmm. moved the needle the greatest amount for me and my clients. Uh, so that's kind of where it, where it happened. So yeah, I started building a clientele base uh, with that practice in mind and evolved from there. So um, kind of all over the map. Sorry, Lena. Uh, no. But that's that's kind of the the nutrition journey, I suppose, in, in a nutshell of where I went. Uh, you know getting really sick to being able to look after my own health. And there's a, there's a guy that I used to follow a lot more back in the day called Paul check, uh, who always used to say, when you, when you do get sick or an illness comes, uh, that's, that means your guru has arrived. If you accept that challenge, you can then go ahead and start to troubleshoot and find out what caused that issue and look after it. Or you can go ahead and you, you can mask it like so many others do, uh, and just treat the symptoms. Pharmaceutical drugs are readily available for you to treat the symptoms. You never have to have a look at the root causes until it's too late, I suppose, um, if you don't want, but, or you could find out what's actually happening to your body and you can start to become your own master in, in that sense. So Mm. Um, yeah, all over the map, but there you go. There's a bit of a, a history of what leads me uh, to where I'm at today. I love it. Yeah. It's interesting. I worked as a personal trainer for 10 years as well. And you know, that whole ego thing that you're talking about, it was, 
it was so tangible, wasn't it? When you come out of school and you're like, I studied fitness and I know everything. And you're just like, it gets in the way. And, and I, I'll tell I'll tell you right now, when I was a personal trainer, I was the most unhealthy person. Like there's so many dark sides to that industry that I'm sure you are well aware of, especially when it comes to the way that we're supposed to eat as, as fitness people, right? You basically live off supplements. Um, it's very like bodybuilding mentality, food obsessed, body obsessed. Uh, it doesn't really matter if the food is synthetic or not, as long as you get your macros in, right. And you're just like, man, this takes a toll on your body. And that's so true when, well, research even shows that people don't seek health until they're up against a condition. It takes that for people to seek health. So, I mean, that's just the way it goes. I think it, that's the way that it will continue to go until this message is loud and clear for people. Like, don't wait that long. Um, but that's very interesting. I see a lot of my own journey in that as well. So I'm interested to know how you got into organ supplements because that's you're the CEO and founder of Higher Health. How did you get here? Yeah. So, uh, let, let, you know, I, I have to, I have to say this one thing here before we take off onto that one, uh, just to your point with, the the personal trainer, uh, bodybuilding. Yeah. Easily, especially the, the, you know, 2000, early two thousands and nineties, eight easily one of the most unhealthy sports, uh, yeah. around and yeah, personal trainers fall victim to that. You got physicians that are oftentimes rubbing elbows with pharmaceutical uh, reps and that's what becomes what they really know uh and then you've got personal trainers that are in a in a sense kind of rubbing elbows with uh supplement companies yes. which is all synthetic uh colorants additives uh that are in there and you don't care at all about uh nutrient dense foods yeah you just care about overall like what you're going to look at it's a very short term gain uh kind of mentality you you forego the future you don't really care about mm -hmm. 20 30 40 50 years down the road you care about what you look like today and so i uh you know had a lot of folks in my life that i i knew in in, in that as well and i i always said that these people are going to be my future clients because they just don't care mm -hmm. uh you know you, you you're witnessing it right now so it's uh yeah, it's really, I just had to drop that in. It's, it's uh, quite the world and I hope it's changing. I, I think it is a little bit. There's a lot more folks that are going, you know what? I can get absolutely jacked, lean, the, the physique and the look that I want and be a lot healthier uh, than what these guys are teaching here by actually eating nutrient dense foods and attain that look at the same time. That is achievable. Uh, absolutely. So ho hopefully it's changing, but yeah, how did I become the CEO and founder of, of Higher Health? So in my nutrition journey and trying to get folks onto nutrient-dense foods, I always failed when it came to organ meats. <laughs> uh, they I know. They're so <laughs> it's I I love that you have supplements. I just have to interject. I love that you have supplements. Yeah, it's uh 
Me too. And, and, and the final straw for me, Lena, was, was actually my wife. So mm-hmm. we were, uh, you know, just starting to build a family, wanted to build a family. And so one of the uh, stipulations for me, for my wife was, okay, you need to eat liver, you need to eat organ meats uh, to get ready for baby. And she would not, or at least she put it to me this way, cook it in a way that I can actually stand it. And I will, I'll eat them. Uh, and I, I failed. I absolutely, I couldn't, there's no masking it. Liver is a very strong uh, food. Uh, maybe the easiest way to, to eat it is raw, but that also for anybody that's got smell and texture kind of issues going on, that's a huge no as well. So yeah. I encapsulated it and she said, yeah, I could consume this all day long. This is perfect. I ended up, uh, it, it, the, the light bulb just kind of went off for me. And then I had about 10 friends that I wanted to, well, I had a, a couple more that were kind of found out about what I was doing, asked if they could have some. And it kind of grew from there said, well, this is, this is it. This is how I get this into my clients diets once and for all. And it, it worked. It absolutely worked. So now uh, we've got more people than now than ever eating nutrient dense ancestral organ meats again. So um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic that no longer are these meats going to waste, which always kind of drove me nuts. Um, So now they're getting used and the first, yeah, they they have to get used by human beings. Uh, Not, it's not just dog food. That's for sure. You can, it's unfortunate that many, many folks as animals are eating so much more healthy than uh, their human owners are. So. Yeah, that's so true. I want to go back to what you said too, about how, um, you know, there's this alternative health sphere as well, but they're basically just pushing the same things that uh, the medical, the traditional medical industry is pushing where it's pharmaceuticals or supplements. And when I say, I'm so happy you have supplements, uh, I don't see your organ supplements as a traditional supplement. I do see it as a whole food source because it really is. Um, so I just want to, I want to preface that for the listeners, because I've been quite open about my, um, my issues with the alternative health sphere and just, it just being about supplements and people aren't actually feeling healthier. They're just spending a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, you're right. You're right. A lot of, a lot of, um, health foods, health supplements, they're, they're loaded still you know, yeah. full of fillers, yeah. flow agents, uh, things that are absolutely not priority in a proper diet. They're not, mm. they're not foods. They're not, they don't belong in your diet. So to give you an example, uh, yeah. And, and, and we, it, ours is a supplement because you take it like a supplement it's in a capsule, but more accurately it's food. So folks are, Oh, how do I take this? Well, it's food you can take it with or without food. It doesn't matter. There's nothing else in it. It's food. It's organ meat. We had somebody come on a tour of our warehouse uh, a month ago and she needed to check it out for herself. She's uh, like yourself in, you know, she, she has clientele and in the health space and she just wanted to know 
like you, because I'm sure she's come across way too many products as well that say one thing and actually do another thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, on their big, on their label, it's all the words and the things that you want to hear, but on the back in really small writing, it's the things that just kind of shock you. You're like, why, why does this need to be in here? Why does the seed oil need to be in here? Why does yeah. this binding agent need to be in here? And the, the truth is, is that they, they don't, but the priority for that company is increasing yields and stretching that product to get more right? It's, it's a filler in, in often cases, or they're using machinery that actually require flow agents so that the, the material and the substance of the, the, uh, that goes inside of the capsule works properly within the machinery that they're using. Interesting. Ours is, you know, I'm proud to say that we've, we've, uh, hired, we've got now six staff on board with our company. We're all, we're, all hands on deck, like hands on man-made, uh, woman-made, you know, like it's, it's there. So we, we had her come through and we showed her every room and every step of the process that we do, um, which is a free, free stride process, by the way, uh, which retains approximately 97% of the nutritional value. So it is extremely nutrient dense. It is pretty much as found in nature nutritionally, right? Uh, and she just couldn't believe that we didn't have any fillers. We didn't have any flow agents. She's like, so it's actually just organ meat inside the capsule. And then the capsule itself is hundred percent bovine collagen gelatin capsule. That's it. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. So it is a food first and foremost. So yes, you can take it with food, without food. Uh, it doesn't matter any time of day. We recommend first thing, uh, first thing in the morning, but that's what, what it is. It mm-hmm. is a food. Um, yeah. So, it, and yeah, sorry, I, I went off uh, a little bit there, but yeah, to, to answer your question uh, and your concerns as you should be, because you need to look at the label for absolutely everything yeah. these days, especially I find, especially in the quote unquote uh, health space, these supposedly health foods that are found in the organic aisles of the grocery stores in all sorts of supplement shops, you name it, that you still need to, unfortunately, you need to look at the labels. You need to do your own due diligence and find out if it contains items and things in there that you don't actually want in your diet. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the problems is it's an unregulated industry, which is good for some and also not good because, you know, you're isolating these nutrients, like a B vitamin, you know, you can get B vitamins really readily. And we'll touch on B vitamins for, for organ supplements or organ meat. And you're taking this one isolated B vitamin, but you don't know the impact that that's having on other nutrient levels in your body, because you're taking this like big amount of something or like zinc or vitamin C or all these other synthetic kind of vitamins, Um, And it's such a waste of money. And these companies play on people's fears. Like you could feel better if you take this or you need this. And you're like, you can actually get most of this predominantly from animal foods, right? Like that's, I mean, people don't want to hear that in, in a, you know, kind of the narrative is eat more plants and plants are good. Fiber is good. But like, you're probably aware of the narrative going on with like the plant-based movement Mm, and And the attack on farmers. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, um, I get, I'm, I'm in the attacked group. I get attacked yeah. every single week by vegan and, and vegetarian, uh, folks. And, but you know what, what really puts a smile on my face is also every single week, I've got ex vegans and ex vegetarians, uh, that are jumping on board and regaining their health. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I used to be vegan for a year. Yeah. And, and so, and everybody's got to find their way and their, yeah. their journey. That's the attacking part. I don't much get, but Hey, it, it happens. Um, everybody's yeah. Everybody's got their own time and, and journey and, and what uh, information you're exposed to when is a big thing. And, and, you know, I have a lot of grace for people because we're in, in nutrition where it's one of the most discombobulated, confused yes. topics in the world. Uh, the mystery is why, why is it so difficult uh, to find out what, what food humans should be eating and what foods humans should not be eating? Uh, the root of that is just marketing money need, needed to be made and, and marketing has happened to convince people uh, what things that they should be consuming and what things they, they shouldn't be consuming. So, uh, and yes, right now there is currently an active attack on, on meat on small farmers, yes. this idea that small farmers somehow cannot do it healthy, even though they've been doing it for hundreds of years, uh, feeding their families and their communities. Uh, this idea that it can only be safe if it comes from a massive federal slaughter facility of some sort that is government run. And you touched on uh, government approval uh, of, of vitamins. Well, Boy, they've they've approved some pretty funky things back in the day. You know, they they or backed, today, <laughs> yeah, or today they've backed cigarettes, they've backed yeah. all sorts of pharmaceutical meds. Uh, they approve all sorts of funky things. So I, I, I caution people to look for government approval or, or uh, check marks on these things because that is also not a guarantee. In fact, many products that are still out there, uh, they get uh, like the FDA, for example, they get approved. And in some cases, they can cause all sorts of harms, and it can take up to four years for that product to get removed and deemed unhealthy. So you have to take ownership of your health. You have to be responsible. You have to look after it. Do not depend on uh, the government uh, or any anybody else for that matter. It's on you. And especially when you throw kids into the mix, yeah. it's really on you. You have to do your homework. And unfortunately, um, you know, in Canada as well, in the States, there is north of 70% of the product, for example, organic. It only needs to meet a requirement of 20% needs to be organic for it to be on the shelf and labeled as such. Really? So there is a, uh, it's a deceitful, it, it's a racket. I like to call it a racket. That's what it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's a big marketing uh, ploy and it's, it's not looking out for your health. So you need to look after your health. Uh, and then when it comes to synthetic foods, uh, multivitamins, multiminerals, uh, to your point, uh, you know, they're, they're not being absorbed by the body because they can't be the yeah. body does not recognize it. So it's not bioavailable. It's not bioidentical. Uh, so there's no uptake of nutritional value, uh, for a lot of these, these foods with, animal foods, 
and you, you mentioned yourself, you're, you're an ex vegan. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a vegan, if it was a, a diet that was actually sustainable and worked, you wouldn't need a whole host of vitamin bottles. You wouldn't need the, the supplement store uh, with a bunch of bottles to live a healthy life. It should actually all be in the foods. The problem with a lot of uh, plant-based minerals and, and vitamins is that our bodies can't convert them. They, we can't use them. We are not a ruminant animal that has the chambers in their stomach to ferment them properly and do magical things with the grasses and the leaves. So we're, we're a little bit different in that sense, in that we can't do those things and we should really well know that. Uh, and then in terms of the nutritional value of foods, uh, it, it, especially with meats, you need all of those uh vitamins, minerals, they're readily available, they're bioavailable. So when people start to introduce them, they immediately find a difference. One of my favorite topics is, is low iron or anemia. Yeah. You and most vegetarians and vegans find themselves in a low iron anemic state. As soon as you introduce a, uh, iron, a heme iron rich food, which is the available form for a human being, your energy can go through the roof. You can have a 75% plus increase in energy almost overnight, mm -hmm. almost instantly. It's, it's amazing. So th there's a response that happens immediately. And then the other danger with synthetic vitamins and mineral or vitamins is they actually leach minerals from your body. They bind to other minerals and vitamins in your body. So not only are you paying a premium dollar for a lot of these vitamins, you're paying for these things to actually leach energy minerals from your body. So there's a lot of dangers. And then the other things that, that you'll find in a lot of these things are, are dyes and again, fillers yeah. because it's, it's a money game. It's a racket. Uh, it's, uh, we, we have this idea in society that medi medicine is healthcare. Medicine is not healthcare. Medicine is sick care. Food is healthcare. And we've sold people this idea that no, 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 you can't just get health from food. You, all, you also need to go into this store here and you need to buy individual bottles of B vitamins, yes. vitamin E, vitamin A in their individual forms. And yeah. there's your health. That's going to be health, right? Mm -hmm. Um it's, it's, uh, it's not true. F food is health. That's healthcare. Medicine is sick care. We just, we need to get that straight before it goes too far. It's already gone too far. We've got, uh, major deficiencies, chronic illnesses through the roof. We've got, I think it's the 25% or more now, uh, as of 2021 that are now on mental health med medications. And as a psychologist, I'm, maybe you've got a, another stat or, or proof of that. Uh, we've got over 40% of kids entering high school are obese. Wow. We've got north of 300 million antidepressants and over 70 million ADHD prescriptions that happened in 2021. Uh, we've got over 50% of society 
the adults are obese or, or sorry, diabetic or pre-diabetic now. Mm-hmm. That is not real food that's doing that. That is uh, our, our you know, man-made synthetic things that people are relying on. And it's, it's all sugar-dense uh, inflammatory uh, foods that are causing all sorts of these, these illnesses. And then we're pointed in this direction to go get uh, a pharmaceutical med or these uh, synthetic vitamins to cure your, your, uh, your symptoms. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're in lots of trouble and, and we need practitioners like, like yourself to uh, guide people and, and a lot of people uh, to shout from the rooftops, essentially, to point people back to one simple me- message. Uh, you can get your health by eating properly, sleeping properly, moving your body properly. And, and social relationships. Because I'm <laughs> right. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yes, please. Thank you. And over the past two years, um, I, I'm sure that, you know, the the prescription medications are through the roof because of that lack of social connection yeah. uh, with with folks. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So in psychology, when you're studying it, you can either go down kind of more a developmental route or an aging route. And I chose to go down the aging route. So my, my research and knowledge kind of focuses more on the 65 and older community. Uh, but we, we did see dementia rates increase, um, loneliness, right? That's, that increases your risk for early mortality. I think it's one in three people, 65 and older struggle with at least one chronic condition, and the average life expectancy is 80 and the healthy life expectancy, which is living disability free is averaging around 70. So you can expect everyone listening to this, that you will spend t- at least 10 years with one chronic condition. I mean, you have to ask, what can we do to decrease these rates? And, and it's a, it's a biopsychosocial perspective, right? The biology side, what we're putting in our body, but it also, I think it crosses over into the psychological side and the spiritual side, because when we're actually taking care of ourselves through food, it's a spiritual practice. You know, your, your philosophy of nose to tail, you're utilizing the entire animal. You respect the animal. There's a spiritual component to that. I feel what would you agree? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, our mission, so Higher Health's mission, is connecting people to real food, mm. and a part of that is also uh, connecting them to the individual that put in the hard work to raise yeah. that animal, mm-hmm. and that connection to the animal itself. How was that animal raised? We do not, we cannot source our animals from. Uh, conventional feedlots that are out there finished on grains for a couple reasons. Uh, and num- number one thing is it's the right thing to do to source healthy, happy animals that were raised and treated right their entire lives. Um, the other thing is, is that we, we physically cannot uh, source a conventionally raised animal because when you're discussing something as sensitive uh, as organ meats, they're actually, they're, they're sick. They're mm-hmm. not, we can't harvest them. They are surrounded in fat. The yeah. take a heart, for example, 
can you imagine the heart on an obese person, right? It is slaving away. It's working and it's not working very well. It's yeah. starting to lose the battle. Um, the liver, fatty liver disease, because of all the uh, synthetic artificial sugars that are in our diets. A lot of, a lot of folks have fatty, fatty liver disease. And that's when you literally have too much fat and the animals are very similar in that if they have the wrong diet, their organs are going to start to fail them as well. And so in terms of harvesting, what, what are we going to use a fat heart and liver and other organs for it? You can't not mention that, uh, you know, don't forget that the fat is where the toxins are stored. And so you don't want that either. And a lot of these, uh, animals that are finished on their grains, well, there's herbicides, there's pesticides that are in those foods that they're being finished on to fatten up on as well. I don't want that in my diet and I most certainly don't want it in any of my loved ones diet. So I definitely don't want it in, uh, the higher health foods that we have either. So it's super important that we are only harvesting from grass fed grass finished the important part, Mm -hmm. right? Because, oh, all animals are grass fed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in North America, especially there's lots of great fields and, and grasslands to be had. It's, it's great, but the important part is they are not finished on grass and our cows absolutely are their entire lives. So that is super important. Um, so the, the, the nutritional value goes through the roof. The organ meats are beautifully red. Uh, there's a little bit of natural fat on the outside. Inside, it is pure muscle. It is gorgeous and readily available for us to use. And then the vitamins that are in the fat are fat, the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, K, which are all essential for us to be consuming. And most diets today are deficient in all four of those. Yep. And they are playing a role on all aspects of our health from mental to physical hormonal, absolutely everything. So, especially with an increase in just focusing on plant-based and removing animal products, that's where you're getting A, D, E, and K from, right? Mm. Like, I mean, butter, uh, that's a huge source of vitamin K, uh, nope, throw butter away, right? Here's your plant-based oil. It's just like, oh man. And you know when, when my husband and I went vegan, we did it for ethical reasons because we saw some documentaries of animals being treated poorly. And it just like, even to this day, I think about those documentaries and how animals are treated. And I'm like, geez, like it, it actually makes my heart sad. But what really changed for me is how, when animals are raised, right there still is that that respect for them and an honoring of them and i i honestly i don't i don't feel guilt or shame for for eating them when they're raised right but like you said there's an energy that goes into what you're consuming when they come from feedlot farms or even produce that's like you know picked by migrant laborers that are paid you know pennies I mean, there's an energy that goes into that food. And so for anyone that's, you know, maybe 
I don't like to say like never be vegan, but like if your health is struggling and you are vegan, and this is one of the biggest reasons is that the ethical reasons behind it, which I think is the only reason you should be vegan, um, that the animals are treated well in some places, but you, you have to look for them. Yeah. And I think that that's probably, uh, one of the largest pulls into veganism is Mm -hmm. folks wanting to do, uh, to save animals essentially. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's a, it's a really large disconnection and I get it. I I get at, at, at face value. It's like this, those key talking points kind of thing, save animals, be kind to the animals. That's it. But as soon as you look just one step further about what that means and how it all works, it all falls apart. And, but that, that, those talking points and those highlights are the biggest pull for veganism, I believe. Um, so we, we, we see that all the time, but from a spiritual perspective, absolutely. And I agree a hundred percent with, with vegans and vegetarians on that note of, of treating animals well. So yeah, I don't think that we should be rounding them up in, in large slaughter facilities, uh, stacking them into feedlots until they get so sick that hopefully the individual that is, that is on the fattening program catches it just before it falls over and dies on its own. That's their goal. Let's get these because it's big beef commodity. Let's get the most amount of mass that we can on these things before they go to slaughter. And they really do have to keep an eye on it because they're being fed poison. Yeah. Grains are not food for, for cattle. Candy. Like they actually feed them candy. Yeah. And, and the soy and all these things, these are highly toxic. Uh, they make them very overweight. Uh, they change the color of the fat, the adipose tissue changes. Uh, it's, it gets toxin overload is what it is. The organs all start to fail and there you go. And then it's okay. Now it's ready to go to slaughter here. We've got the biggest bang for our buck. So we absolutely agree with vegans, vegetarians on that note. No, uh, those, those style of feedlots and that upbringing for cattle is not right. It's not humane. So what is though? Well, it is small regenerative farmers that are doing right by both the land and the animal. What vegans uh, and vegetarians are choosing to ignore or just haven't looked far enough to to understand is that your food too it comes from somewhere someone had to make it (laughs) and unlike what you might want or wish with your food too you are not able to remove death from the cycle of life that stays something has to die for your food nothing is for free and so when it comes to your monocrops to feed you, you're looking to eat soy, all sorts of grains, wheat, uh, seed corn. oils. Yeah. Those all, all those monocrops have a major cost, much greater than regenerative farming that does not destroy entire habitats and, and strip the land of all of its nutrient dense topsoils for animals. So monocrops, uh, soy, you know, all the wheats, uh, the, the, all the grains 
all the the uh, canolas, all of those things, all of those products that, by the way, are in every single packaged food, processed food now because they're they're big, they're cheap, uh, but they have a huge expense on our environment. They absolutely need to be tilled up. They need to be sprayed to protect other animals. When uh, they get sprayed, that kills off all the rodents, all the insects, all the soil biodiversity is now dead. It dies with that. The animals that go onto that land after fresh spraying typically die. Uh, so you've got all your rodents, your your rabbits, you know, uh, every everything that that would naturally take up that space and roam and play. It's all dying, right? Uh, so the cost is tremendous yeah. in that model, and it's being ignored uh, from this moral. This imaginary moral standpoint is what I like to call it. And all you need to do is take a visit to a farm to see the destruction that is involved in monocropping. And then you can step foot on a regenerative farm. Well, these farmers uh, do crop ro rotating, uh, rotational grazing with their animals so that these animals are, are pooping and peeing on as much land as possible. With When that poop and pee lands in, on, on the soil, You've got other animals that sift through it. Chickens love to spread it around. You've got insects that now get welcomed onto the land. You got dung beetles that that drive that further into the soil, which is good. They're bringing the nutrients in. Uh, you've got birds that are now welcomed onto the land. You've got all sorts of bird species that are going to now go onto that land. You've got you've got bees and other insects that are now going to be going onto that land. And all of a sudden, you've got this diverse ecosystem uh, that is now coming back onto the land. The other thing is that the soil, enriched soil, you've got, uh, again, diverse grasses. It retains more water. If you've ever seen a monocropped, uh, mm -hmm. tilled up land, the dirt is a different color. It's lighter, of course, uh, and you've got all sorts of water runoffs because it it does not collect the water. It just runs off, uh, again, causing all sorts of harmful things to our environment. That runoff can go into our creeks, into our rivers, uh, and that's pesticide, herbicide, ridden dirts that are now running into our rivers. Uh, so there's a cost there. Now you're, you're looking at the, the species of fish and uh, creatures, frogs, and you name it, that are now in those waters that are being harmed. Um, and then all the animals that are looking to drink from those, those streams. With uh, regenerative farming, where the, the soil is kept intact, there's no tilling, it grows really deep, rich roots. It mm -hmm. retains the water in that process as well, and all the nutrition that is supposed to be uh, retained in those grasses as well. And that's what those, those animals are now feeding off, off of. So there's such a black and white distinct difference between, uh, properly raised animals and improperly raised animals. And we absolutely do not agree with improperly raised animals. It's inhumane. It's unhealthy for both, uh, animals and plants. And then of course, human beings as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we don't support that at all. And I, and I believe that that's one of the biggest pulls 
for veganism and vegetarianism, but that story is not being told. And they need to do that work on their own to discover, oh my goodness, my soy is not free. There's no such thing as a free lunch, by the way. There's always somebody that has to pay the price. So I love that you said that. I mean, I was going to ask you about regenerative farming. I'm not going to get political on the podcast because I choose not to. Um, But there's a whole narrative, we'll say, around climate change Hmm. and, you know, an attack on farmers and how farming is not good for the environment. And I love how you explain the difference between regenerative farming and conventional farming. You know, there's a lot of inconvenient truths that a lot of people that follow that narrative uh, don't want to look at. And you pointed out more than I even knew. Like, I didn't really actually know a lot about regenerative farming. That was so amazing how you just described it. Uh, But it made me think of like windmills. Do you know how much destruction windmills cause? And I mean, people are like patting themselves on the back, putting their solar panels up and their windmills. And I mean, there's a time and a place for those, but to completely, you know, part of my French shit on fossil fuels, it makes my blood boil. It makes my blood boil. I'm glad you brought that up too. Just one, one further point on regenerative farming. Uh, It requires much less fossil fuels and energy because it, it, it has energy, whereas monocrops uh, that are done by big ag machines yes, and then shipped and trucked all around the world to feed whatever it is and put it into all these processed food products that people want, that is highly energy intensive. And it is very destructive to the environment. And as you mentioned, inconvenient truths, in, inconvenient facts. Talk about that. Like, and, and for folks that don't know, it doesn't take long to look into it, but they are leaving out a huge amount of the story yeah. just to get the narrative that they're looking for. So yeah, climate change. Um, please don't just look at the snippets that they're feeding you. There is an entire story behind there that they're not talking about. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, as soon as you start to dig into it, their story does not make sense. And none of them want to debate on it either. You're going to have a hard time finding anybody wanting to debate on that. Uh, the emissions, they uh, this idea that cow farts and cow burps are uh, just as destructive, if not more destructive, than uh, carbon monoxide being pumped out of vehicles. Rubbish. Uh, yeah. Is absolute rubbish. Yes, it, it's a complete disconnection from uh, mother nature and actual science reality it's a disconnection from reality it's just yeah. like i mean oh the narrative yeah. is so strong and anytime you hear someone say the science is settled we're no longer discussing this anymore i mean what scientist says that well that's somebody that just doesn't want to debate because they don't want you to go snooping around and digging around and make them uh have their back against the wall unable to explain anything and have them running from your camera or your uh, microphone because they can't back it up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I I don't know uh, about that story as much either in terms of like, well, where's this all coming from? Aside from who's this making money for? What it's What is money. this story, you know, making money for? And um, yeah, unfortunately, I care uh, tremendously 
large amount because I stand for uh, farmers. I stand for small farmers, especially regenerative farmers that I believe are doing huge uh, benefit to our health and our land. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, but it, yeah, it's a frustrating conversation. Uh, they are unable to debate it because the narrative falls apart in a hurry once you have a look into it. Yeah. So true. It's like, uh, like batteries for electric vehicles. I don't want to talk about the mining for lithium that it's, it's, I mean, once you actually look into this stuff, you're like, man, this is so bogus. Yeah. Like, like car batteries are, are free, right? Like they, there's no, yeah. uh, energy required to make them and nothing was harmed in the making. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. It's perfect. So yeah, it's, it's frustrating, but yeah, when you look into those, you, the more frustrated you get going like, why is this, uh, why is this a story being told? Why is this a narrative being pushed? Yeah. yeah. So that was a, a nice long tangent. I love it. <laughs> um, but coming back to something you said, and I, I don't want to take too much of your time, but there's a misnomer about eating something like liver because it's a filter organ. But I love how you touched on how toxins accumulate in the fat. And that's probably more important, correct? So like some people might get kind of afraid to take something like a liver supplement, especially, you know, from a healthy animal. Could you kind of dispel some of that fear for for those people? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and you know that to, to just quickly touch on the fat, portion there as well. Uh, that also goes for the steaks and the ground beef and any other foods that you're eating. Um, you know, chickens, ducks, sheep, goats, whatever it is, um, the, 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 uh, deer that you hunt or whatever, uh, same, same thing goes on those meats. The fat is just going to be much more valuable and healthy if it was eating foods that are native to that animal. Um, so just keeping that in mind, but yeah, organ meats are a lot more sensitive. Now, when it comes to eating liver, a lot of folks are, why would you want to eat the liver? That's the, the filter. Um, and I, I, an important highlight about the liver is that, yeah, it, it is kind of like a filter. It is more of a kind of a conversion, uh, organ that we have though. So it doesn't, and nor is it a warehouse. It doesn't store the toxins. Uh, it, what it does is it actually converts them through a two-phase detoxification uh, setup that is involved in the liver, and it moves them along, you know, down down the bl- bloodstream and and urine pathways onto the kidneys and and out the body. Um, so that that's an important thing. It's not it's not a warehouse that stores toxins. Instead, what it is, is actually an extremely nutrient dense uh, meat that when you, when it comes from an animal that has been eating foods native to it, healthy foods, uh, you've got no food on earth that is going to provide more nutritional value than that organ. Uh, If you have a look at a conventionally raised animal's liver, you're not going to want to eat it anyway. Mm-hmm. I think there's something kind of built in us, you know, um, how you, you, you kind of like, like feces, for example, you stay away from it because it stinks and it's, 
you know, it's like as a human being, you just, nobody really has to teach you that you're just like, okay, I'm moving away from this. Take a, a, a really foul, uh, animal, um, and, and their, their organs, if they've been eating unhealthy things, you're just going to stay away from it. You're not going to, you're not going to want it. And in the wild, um, in a similar kind of fashion, uh, when it comes to hunters or, uh, prey apex animals going in for the kill, they're staying away from the, the deer that has like the BSE that's kind of limping and walking around and can't see anymore. That's the, they know I'm going to stay away from that. That's not something that I want to eat because it looks like that individual or that animal is sick. Um, so, but yeah, back onto, uh, the organ meats, uh, they're, they're not just simply a filter. Uh, it doesn't just collect and store the toxins in there. Um, so that's maybe the, yeah, that, that one comes up often and, and I, it, it makes sense when folks think about it in that way, but it doesn't quite work like that. It is mm -hmm. a pathway, a detoxification pathway. So it converts, uh, and it moves it along into the body. Uh, yeah. So I, I think, I hope yeah. that kind of answered it too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and organ, organ meat is really like nature's multivitamin. It's safe for pregnancy. I mean, um, I would take that as a prenatal far before I would take any prenatal off the shelf. I would just take beef liver. Honestly, I would, I know I'm not a doctor. I can't give medical advice. If you are pregnant, you should talk to your doctor, but, um, there's so many nutrients that help baby grow and, pre and prepare the woman's body for a baby. Isn't there? Absolutely. And in, in, in traditional cultures and, uh, primal cultures, it's, st it's still a thing, but it used to be a thing. Absolutely. We used to have a lot more, um, foresight into preparation for these things. Uh, animals still have it today. We, uh, wolves often come up when it comes to the conversation of organ meats. Um, these apex, uh, predators, the alpha male and expectant mothers get first dibs on the organ meats. And typically the first ones to go are liver kidneys and then heart. Right. Um, but that, that liver is that first one typically yeah. that, that goes, um, the alpha wolf needs to stay on top. It's not, you, you don't stay on top for free. You've got all sorts of uh, younger ones that want to take that title from you. So you want to, and in terms of hormone production, uh, nothing does it like a food, like organ meats does, uh, because it is such a complete food. Uh, the nutritional value, the vitamins and minerals that are included in organ meats are not found in anything else. And that's why, uh, it's first dibs among alpha males and expectant mothers. You need, and talk about anything that is as demanding and strenuous as pregnancy. Yeah. You're talking about one of the hardest things. Uh, you're talking about a miracle is what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and we just, we just had a baby boy on October 5th and oh, congratulations. I, thank you very much. Yeah. It's, and it's so still so vivid in my mind, the, the miracle that it is because, you know, that whole growing process, it, number one, you're going to get pregnant if your body is ready. The placenta is prepared and nutrition plays a huge role on that. And if you're, you're not, the placenta doesn't have what it needs. You're not going to get, be able to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing all sorts of issues with young 
supposedly healthy individuals right now unable to get pregnant yeah. because they've been not eating the right foods uh, predominantly, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've got this visual in my mind still and the demands on the body and then that process, it is one of the hardest things that a human being uh, can ever possibly go through. And that's, that's uh, be pregnant and give birth. Uh, your body absolutely needs to be ready. And our ancestors used to take a lot more forethought into that and feeding the body. Oh, you're getting, getting, you want to get pregnant. You want to start to build a family. You need to eat the most important foods. And that was the organ meats. Mm -hmm. uh, and so still today with, with animals, uh, you know, that's, that's their focus. We've lost track of that. And that's why so many folks are now starting to have issues getting pregnant, but it's so important to have that into your diet to number one signal to the body or get the body prepared and ready for it. And then during pregnancy and then afterwards for recovery and ongoing nutritional demand and need through breastfeeding and, and whatnot. So, um, we have a lot of like, so like you, Lena, I would highly recommend having organ meats into the diet for getting ready for something as serious as, uh, growing a family, getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, I'm not a physician either. Uh, I make that recommendation to, to introduce that we've had so many, uh, I'm happy to say that have fully replaced their synthetic multivitamins with our food with liver, with our beef organs, the beef organs contains liver, heart, kidney, and spleen, um, bump up your immune system, get everything ready to go. We had, uh, one lady write back and say that the physicians and nurses were commenting on baby's bone density. You know, you've got vitamin K2 rich organ meats yeah. in the diet. Yeah. Bone density is going to be much better for both you and for baby. Um, so, uh, and then hormone production overall as well. Uh, when you've got fat soluble vitamins, ADEK, you've, you've given yourself the, the body, the opportunity to now produce proper hormones. Uh, another thing that life does not occur, uh, without cholesterol and somewhere down the road, our healthcare, uh, or our, uh, the marketing is vilified, uh, cholesterol, I know. but without cholesterol, the building block to all hormone production you do not have human life. So mm -hmm. you absolutely need those fat soluble vitamins in there to, to make it happen. Uh, so that's what, what organ meats are, are so important for. So it's, it's getting mothers ready for, uh, getting pregnant. It's for young kids and, and people ask, Oh, can my kid have that? Yeah. The it's earlier food. that <laughs> your kid can have real food, the better, right? Yeah. yeah it's food please feed your kids food, like real food. Yeah. Uh, and then for the elderly, uh, you're, you're like, they start to eat less and less protein yeah. is something that needs to be kept at a very high rate for elderly. Thank uh, you and, for saying that. Yes. And, and fat soluble vitamins again, cause you're going to have, uh, osteoporosis, uh, you're going to have bone issues, uh, coming along you need to have these foods in your diet. What else are you going to, re we've replaced it with uh, leafy foods, which are just deficient in so many different things, uh, different vitamins and minerals. And that goes for 
the vitamins that we go to seek in the, in the supplement stores as well as we've, we've individualized these things. You're going to go to the store to get vitamin A in a synthetic form. Well, in mother nature, that's not at all how it works. Vitamins and minerals work together. They work in synergy. They're, it, they perform this great symphony all together. They work at, uh, you know, guiding each other where to go. And then you don't need so much of it. You're going to go to the store and you're going to get, uh, you know, 2,500 IUs or whatever it is, uh, or maybe, maybe it's 10,000 IUs of vitamin A that your body has no idea how to, uh, uptake, uh, mm-hmm. and actually utilize. So there's an issue there. It's also going to bind to other minerals, which is going to leach from your body. Whereas, you know, a single serving of liver is going to give you approximately 5,000 IUs of vitamin A that your body knows exactly what to do with it because it comes with the other fat soluble vitamins and minerals that work in synergy with one another to make it all happen. That's how it happens in nature. Uh, For whatever reason, we've gone to this reductionist uh, approach of where it's like, okay, one vitamin, it's kind of like our, our medical system in that we've divided things and there's benefits to that, but uh, you know, you've got a nose doctor, a foot doctor, a heart doctor, a brain doctor, it's all reductionist. And yeah, when it comes to surgeries, that's great. But when you're looking at a holistic point of view of your health, it does not work that way. There's many things that are moving at once. Well, it comes back to that healthy life expectancy, right? Like we're making people live longer through medical technology, but they're not living healthier. Right. Yeah. The qual the quality is definitely at question in that longevity for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could just talk to you for hours. You're very knowledgeable uh, and passionate about what you do. It really comes through, not just in what you're saying, but it comes through in your business and your products. Um, I don't take a lot of supplements. I'm very averse to taking supplements. I take some like magnesium and some digestive stuff, but I do take your beef liver and I'm very minimal on the supplement train. I used to take loads of supplements. I was that person, the healthiest sick person you ever met. And, um, I really appreciate what you do and your products and your mission. Well, thanks so much, Lena. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time and, and having me on. It's a, a privilege and an honor for sure. And uh, yeah, thanks for, for getting the message of real food out into people, people's diets as well. So, and, and what you do. So for sure. But bef- before we go, I always finish the podcast asking a few fun questions. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Quick fire. If you were stranded on a desert Island and could only choose one food to eat for the rest of your life, and nutrition didn't matter. It was just simply for pleasure. What would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, oh gosh, I, I'd have a, it's a fight. I'm having a battle in my mind right now between uh, lobster and steak. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the, I got to go with the ribeye steak. Or nice. a tomahawk. I have to. Yeah. Wonderful. What is the best meal you've ever eaten? Best meal I've ever eaten? In your entire life. Woo. That I've had so many incredible meals. That is a really difficult question. Uh, you know what? I had um, 
I had maybe one of my most favorite steaks and it was like a steak showdown for me. I had a T-bone and a ribeye in one sitting and (laughs) it was, yeah, it was last year and I had gotten half a cow from one of uh, our Oregon meat suppliers, uh, Gemstone, by the way, amazing, amazing meat. So uh, yeah, we've got so many uh, great suppliers now, but uh, speaking of which, you know, make sure to source out uh, a good regenerative farmer for your own meat and buy it that way. Quarter cow, half cow, full cow doesn't matter. Just make sure that you and your family are eating that way. But that was my favorite meal. I had a T-bone and I had a big fat juicy ribeye steak in one sitting. And I was a very happy individual. (laughs) That is, I wonder how much protein you got in that one sitting. Yeah, I... Yeah, that that, that 80, would have been fun to have, like the the yeah nutritional breakdown right there. Yeah, yeah, amazing. What's your least favorite food? Ooh, um, gosh, uh, I'd say like people can. I don't really consider them foods, but people consider like lentils or kale foods. Um, kale, I guess. Like, I just. I love kale. (laughs) That is like the ultimate challenge for me. I I I can't do it. That would be it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is your favorite restaurant? uh, I'd have to go with uh, steakhouse of some sort. Um, Gosh, we certainly do not frequent restaurants. So that's, that's a very difficult question. Um, let's just go with, uh, in Canada, I'd go with like the keg. They just seem to always pump out like a pretty good meat or like a prime rib or something like that. That's pretty darn good. So thumbs up to those guys there. Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough one for me. We don't do a whole lot of restaurants cause I'm, I don't sit well with, the other things that are typical yeah. with not knowing what's in my food, it, it becomes a struggle, but we, we, yeah, for sure. That yeah. would be it. If you ever came to Calgary um, and you wanted to like really treat yourself to a fancy place, if you go to alloy, they have the best beef short rib. Oh my goodness. It is what's like it called alloy, a L L O Y. They have like yeah. beef short rib and they serve it with like a side of mashed potatoes and broccolini. I'm like, Oh, that is comfort food. That, it sounds like comfort food. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Right on. Okay. What's your favorite travel destination that you've been to? That I have been to, I really enjoyed Ireland a lot. Mm. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, given the age, we, we just, uh, me and my best friend, we packed uh, packed up. I brought my tent and we headed over to Ireland and our mission so you need to understand the, the, where we're coming from here. A um, couple of super ignorant guys, um, born and raised Saskatchewan. Oh, me too. I, uh, really? Oh, yeah. perfect. Um, f- flat as, as you know, that many parts of it are. And I was very kind of like central, like in the middle of, of Saskatchewan. So many where were you from? portions there. I was raised in the, in the Battlefords area. Oh, okay. I was, I, I grew up outside of Warman. Okay. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I played hockey in, in Warman. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we go to Ireland with this idea that we're going to bike ride around the Island of Ireland. Um, 
and so we, I brought the tent and we brought our <laughs> sleep and we picked up bikes. We landed in Dublin and we picked up some bikes and we hit the road and we cycled up the coast there, the East coast to, to, uh, Belfast. And, uh, yeah, we had no idea how many Hills and the wind and the, you know, the challenges. And so that took us, I, I looked at the map, Lena, and I'm like, Oh, this is like biking. Uh, from Battleford to, to Saskatoon. Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Easy to do. What an idiot. Uh, so yeah, we, we took five days and some of those days were hard. Like we were cycling for 10 hours, mm. uh, a couple of those days and it was awesome. It was so fun. We, we camped out on the coast and it was a great, great journey for sure. So, uh, but we just made it to Belfast and then we, we ditched the bikes, we sold those off and uh, then went out to Galway and a couple other areas and we left so much of it to still check out. So, but that was easily my favorite place. It was just, it was an, it was an adventure. It was my For greatest sure. adventure, I would say. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's a, that's a super cool story. Yeah. As soon as you're like, who I'm biking, I'm from Saskatchewan. I'm like, I know where this is going. <laughs> it, it is a, it is a eye opening thing yeah, when you go learn somewhere. a lesson. Yeah. 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 What is the lie you tell yourself most often? The deep one. Lie that I tell myself most often. Uh, you know, sometimes I would say that, you know, that I don't have uh, kind of, you know, like, so the social media is one thing that uh, I'm now getting involved in. So, you know, all of, all of our business setup has been, you know, we, we've made the, I've made those connections with the farmers. We've built the, the warehouse that's uh, GMP certified and, and approved, uh, ready to go. Um, and we've done a lot of work, you know, with word of mouth and working to build our clientele. Uh, so that's all been great. And I've, I've enjoyed that and going to farms and having those conversations. Those are all kind of the, the work that I wanted to do and easy work that I wanted to do. And now, uh, getting to this point where we have staff that's able to do the day-to-day, um, processes, which is fantastic. And now I need to get myself out there. And as we were talking before the show, uh, work within social media, which I'm a complete moron on. And I don't know, you know, so this is kind of like, uh, doing, and it's a bit of a, uh, uh, motto of my, I, I I like to do things that make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think that that's important in my life, uh, which is why I do martial arts. They make me very uncomfortable. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're challenging and, and they force me out of this, uh, complacent comfort zone of mine. Uh, but when it comes to social media, uh, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother unknown. And a huge part of me really doesn't want to do that because I don't like to spend time with these apps and online and doing this stuff. But what I tell myself is that I don't have it mm. and I don't have the capabilities to, to, to go there and do it. I know that that's a lie mm. because I know that a lot of people need the information that I have uh, regarding nutrition and and organ meats and bringing in nose tail eating into their lives. 
And so, um, yeah, the lie that I tell myself is that I can't do it and I don't belong online and I don't belong using these, these apps to communicate with people. Mm. And so I think that that's a lie. And, and it's kind of like this imposter syndrome, yeah. uh, where it's like, you're, you, you can't do that. You don't know what you're doing. Um, you don't belong there kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that would be my, yeah, I, I have to, I have to catch myself on that one and, and mm. do some positive self-talk to yeah. get out of it almost because I do, I do tell myself that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What is the happiest moment of your life? Oof. Uh, it is now shared with my daughter's birth and my son's birth. Yeah. Those were, those were, uh, choke you up moments. Like, mm. yeah. Uh, but the best, it, it, uh, best moments in my life by far. There's, there's nothing that even comes close uh, to those ones there. So wonderful. Yeah. And what advice would you like to leave our listeners with in regard to their health? Yeah. So I would like folks to challenge, uh, things that they thought I would like folks to always look at the labels of what you're consuming. Never, ever, ever just take it at face value, no matter how incredibly healthy, uh, the product looks. And, uh, lastly, I would like people to just, you don't have to do it all at once but take steps towards uh, eating real food again. Understanding that grocery stores shouldn't even exist. And all of those products that are in grocery stores were man-made concoctions, including the, the tomatoes. Uh, th those tomatoes are big, juicy, they look awesome, but in real nature, you wouldn't even recognize what a tomato actually looked like. It's been hybridized and manipulated so many times. And that goes for all of that produce that is shipped up from California or wherever it's trucked up because it doesn't uh, naturally grow year round. Uh, I believe in seasonal eating myself. So when you're able to harvest your garden, if you, you planted one or somebody did at the farmer's market, whatever it is, and you've got connection with your farmer and you know that, then have at it, go for it. Um, just connect to real food folks. That's, that's the mission. So whether you do it all at once or you just take steps towards that, uh, most people I recommend just take steps. Don't beat yourself up, start to get to know who makes the food around you, build a relationship with them, go support them and, uh, understand what it takes to make that food and get a real connection with it. And then you will really start to enjoy all of your meals that much more when you know and understand where it came from and how it was raised. Uh, and your, your health is going to change dramatically when you start to do that, when you have more control over that setup and understanding of what you're supposed to be eating uh, and what is marketing that has sold you uh, these ideas of what real health is. Amazing. And where can people find you, Nigel? Yeah. So, uh, you can find me, uh, uh, on, so I've got the, the Instagram, we've got an account at HH Supps. That's our Canadian one. Uh, so that's H H S U P P S and then our American one. So, uh, if your listeners don't know our, we're set up in Leduc is, uh, where our warehouse is and we, uh, do absolutely everything out of there. 
uh, direct relationship with the farmers. Uh, we're the only ones in North America that control every step of that process from farm mm -hmm. to, to bottle. We control it all. We know exactly what's put into it uh, to, to make that product. And then in the States, we are only sourcing cattle and supporting farmers from the U.S. Uh, over there. So it never crosses the border. Uh, and that social media handle is HH Foods USA. Uh, so you can find us uh, American there. And then, uh, yeah, if you ever want to just re reach out, you can find me. Uh, my, I'll, I'll give out my email on here. That's Nigel at higherhealth.com. And uh, our website, uh, higherhealth.ca for Canadians and higherhealth.com for Americans. And um, yeah, that's that's an easy way. Just reach out by email or on the social media. Uh, uh, ask for me if somebody else is running. We're, we're still a small business, so small operation, pretty easy to get a hold of me. And we plan on keeping it relatively that way, a high touch kind of situation with our customers. Um, we've decided to go with uh, a, a website that is not Amazon, so that if anything happens to your order, uh, by the way, we use glass. We don't want plastic touching your capsules and doing any sort of leaching whatsoever onto your food. So we use glass and with glass, sometimes a bottle could break. Uh, if that happens, you've got direct contact with us. We've got direct contact with you. We'll just ship another bottle to you. Don't worry, throw that in the garbage. Don't, don't mess with it. So um, we've got direct uh, small business kind of communication with our customers in that sense, uh, which I love and we plan on keeping that way. So amazing. Yeah. When I ordered one, um, I think it got to me in like three days. It was like really quick. I can't yeah. promise that for everyone, but it's like, it, it was quick. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because we definitely ended up in a jam, uh, the, this summer and we're, we're, we're about four days behind right now. Uh, just the increase in demand folks that are, and thank you to everybody that's been sharing the message and, and talking with folks because we put almost nothing into our ads or marketing. It's really coming from word of mouth. And we just had a huge increase in demand and being a small business, trying to adapt very quickly is not really a thing. So we moved as fast as we possibly could to expand our capabilities to, to help out. So we fell behind a, a fair bit there in orders. We've got the best customers in the world. Most folks understood and were super patient with us. And so since then, we have caught up quite a bit. So the wait's not long again, which we're happy and we're planning on shrinking that down. And yeah, it's typically a two to four day uh, delivery time when we're right on point. So we, we plan on staying within there. So it's great. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nigel, for coming on the show. I'm so happy to continue to support your business. Um, I'm just just really happy to connect with you. Such an honor to be on. Thanks so much, uh, Lena. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave me a review as your reviews get this message of better health out there. You can also follow me on Instagram at Lena Jade's Healthy Life, where I post fitness, nutrition, and psychology content. All right, you guys, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. And as you go throughout your day, always remember, you are powerful over your health.